0: Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. Uh, welcome to class. Hey, well, it's Sunday, so welcome to Sunday school. Yeah, awesome. No one's ever been so excited to be at Sunday school. Did anyone ever go to actual Sunday school? Like, and they called it Sunday school, like. Great great creative name for Sunday school, eh? Like, hey, it's Sunday and it's their school age, so let's call it Sunday school. And it'd be really attractive when we're trying to convince them to come to church. Hey kids, we're gonna go to church and uh, you get to go to Sunday school. Downer! Like five days every week I go to school and then on Sunday I have to go to Sunday school and my teacher's Mr. Hannah. Did you notice that you can spell my name me and Debs' last name backwards, and it says the same thing. (laughs) We're in class, and that's called a palindrome. Everyone say it with me. One, two, three, palindrome. Good. You're learning something. That's great. Many of you will know that I used to be a teacher, and uh, I loved being a teacher, and I still kind of am a little bit of a teacher, like here I am teaching you, and I sort of set up the classroom today because I thought it would be fun. Uh, and one thing that teachers uh, have to do at the beginning of every lesson is to call the roll. So, I'm gonna call the roll. Whew, lots of yes. could take a while. Um, Graham, are you here? Yep. Yes, sir, would be good. Graham, yes, sir. <laughs> Russell, Russell, are you here? Possibly, Possibly good, good response. Um, this is going to take too long, so uh, maybe just have a look around. And if there's someone that you usually see at church or usually come to church with and they're not here, let's dob them in. Okay? See me afterwards um, and I'll write their names down on the roll. Cool. <laughs> Fun times. Hey, the many, many talents that teachers must have, there's many of them, of the many talents a teacher must have good classroom behaviour management. Amen? Can I get an amen? Actually, I want you to respond more today. I want you to not think of it like a classroom where you have to be a good person. I want you to think of it more as church when you can respond. So to say amen is like gonna be okay. You're not gonna get a detention. Are you ready? One, two, three. Now in Central, they say, so good. Uh, So good. But at North, we're gonna say, that's great. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Okay, cool. You guys are getting it. Cool. Who would love to have been in one of my classrooms? Is there anyone here who has been in one of my classrooms? Matt Linton. Well, I was a student teacher in Hamilton at St Andrews Middle School and Matt Linton was in my class and I was a student teacher. You're all looking at me like, whatever, but it's true. Uh, Anyway, let's get back on track. Great classroom management. I had a system of great classroom management. And what I would do is if someone was misbehaving in my class, I would write their name on the board. So, Richard? Cool. And what that meant was the class would, there'd be a silence hush over the class. It was awesome. Everyone would be like, ooh, Richard's in trouble. (laughs) I don't wanna get in trouble. So I'm going to be good. And that would generally be it. All I need to do is put a name on the board. So let's imagine Richard continues to misbehave. Richard gets a tick, which means he has a lunchtime detention. And that would mean going out with the duty teacher and picking up rubbish. It was awesome. And everyone hated the tick. They would bemoan the tick. Like, oh, sir! Oh, why, sir? Why? It wasn't even me. I wasn't talking, sir. It was Kevin. <laughs> it's always Kevin, mate. It's always Kevin. Everyone knows a Kevin, eh? He's always talking in class. You blame Kevin. And you'd know who the future, la- the future lawyers were in your class, eh? Because they, would, they would, if they ever got their name ticked, it was all on. Oh, oh sir, oh, sir, this is a travesty of justice, sir. It was Kevin. And I'd be like, I'd listen to their case, they'd put this mean case together, I'd be like, hmm, actually? Now stuffy, I'm putting your name up. (laughs) And I'm gonna add Kevin's name too, because I won't take him yet though. It was a great, I believed, a great system of classroom behaviour management. It was a great way to get students to obey. The rules of the classroom. Because if you didn't have that, you wouldn't have a classroom that was conducive to learning. You would have a riot, literally. As a beginning teacher, I handled a few riots. It was fun, but no learning happened. Are you with me? Cool. You're a very well-behaved church because you're all nodding. And you don't want to get your name on the board like Richard. Is it Kevin? Any Kevins here today? Is it Kevin McCartney? Are you around? No, that's good. I won't dub him in. Here's the idea today. I want to focus in a little bit around this idea of obedience because we are conditioned to obey from early on in school and class and workplace and church and things like that. And so what I want to do today is dig deeply into your conditioning. And I'm going to call this message Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can gather together this morning in your house, and Lord, that we can be taught by your word. God, would you this morning take what I've prepared, and would you, be, uh, would you teach us personally, heart to heart this morning, from your heart to ours, we pray. Holy Spirit, would you speak this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, cool. Amen. We can do better, amen, because we practiced it. One, two, three. Amen. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Awesome. When I was in Sunday school, literally I went to Sunday school and there was a Sunday school teacher called Mrs. Bycroft, faithful Mrs. Bycroft. She bought a piano accordion to our... Do you know what that is? It's like that... thing and you'd push it and pull it and you'd play key. I don't know how she did it. It's like... Very, very difficult coordination. Anyway, she would sing us one of these kind of old school Christian Sunday school songs. And one of them was a song called Trust and Obey. Anyone, anyone know it? It goes like this. It goes, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. Sounds like a German drinking song. <laughs> <laughs> to be happy in Jesus, than to trust and obey. Take communion. Anyway, it <laughs> <and> was... <we, laughs> It was, uh, it was an old school song, but we didn't know any better. So we sang along. And I still remember that song from time to time and time. But I think it's this. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Old school song, but theology, bam, right on point. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. Interesting, eh? We often hear the word, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In other versions of the Bible, would say that. But the, the New International Version says submit. Not so much a popular word nowadays. If we submit to him, the promise here is that he will make our paths straight. It's a great promise. Also, John 14, 6 says... Jesus speaking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Trust and obey, for there's no other way but Jesus. To be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. The last one there would be the book of James, chapter 122. I, I, I make it a habit to, uh, to read from the book of James in every sermon. Just to drive that point home. 122 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, obey it, trust and obey. Cool, this week is week three of the obedience series and so we're in a classroom so we're gonna do some revision. Everyone ready? Get your books out, here we go, it's revision time. Week one, we had Pastor Luke, probably can't see that, Pastor Luke. Does everyone like my writing? It's kind of bringing back uh, trauma from being in the classroom. It's great. Pastor Luke spoke on the love languages, how we express love and how we receive love. And if you haven't read that book by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, Pastor Luke put forward this idea that for God, his love language is obedience. Great idea, right? He also had three amazing points that when we obey, things happen in our lives. So our obedience means that we have his provision. Our obedience means we have his proximity, his presence in our lives. And our obedience means we have his peace. Not a feeling of peace, but the, the peace of shalom peace, which is a wholeness, well-being peace. We get this when we, take steps to obey God. Today I'm going to put the case forward that as we trust and obey, we get these outcomes. Pastor Marie, week two. I write in capitals. sorry, it means kind of like I'm shouting, like getting attention. Pastor Marie. Underline that because I underlined Luke. Pastor Marie spoke on the idea that we don't come out of the womb ready to obey we have to learn how to obey but maybe so many of us have learned growing up in classrooms that if we don't obey then there's a fearful consequence at the end of that she had three amazing thoughts at the end of her message God obedience brings greater entrustment so I'm kind of stealing that today God obedience brings inner peace God obedience opens a doorway to supernatural intervention. This is week three, and I'm going after the why. We're not looking so much at the outcomes. I think Pastor Luke and Pastor Marie did a great job of that. But for me, we're going to look at week three. We're together going to look at trust and obey. Are we all good? Cool, my whiteboard mark is running out, so this is a real classroom. I want to go back to my classroom management technique for a second. Because I loved it. It worked very well. It, uh, it calmed classes. Especially as a beginning teacher, it was something that I used to create an environment for learning. But if you think about it, it was a system-based On fear. It's kind of hard to admit. And a lot of my classes weren't fear-based classes. But the way I got that was by saying, if you don't, then this will happen to you. I have the power and you don't. It was based on fear. In fact, I wouldn't mind betting that most of us had a classroom where where a teacher ran things by fear. Add to that, many of us have had parents who managed our behaviour with fear. Maybe not all the time, but definitely we have that. And I would say I wouldn't be too far off in saying that now as adults, many of us manage our own behaviour with fear. You might be sitting here going, no, no, I don't reckon I do. But actually, let's take it one step further. How, How do you see godly obedience in your life? Do you obey out of trust or do you obey out of fear? You might be sitting there going, oh, I don't really obey out of fear. But here's a little test that might help. When you stuff up, when we get things wrong, when, when we sin, notice I don't say if. When, what's your default response? Is it? I'll reason my way out of it. Oh, Everyone does that. Oh, it's just a little lie. Oh, I just need, I just need some something to escape the pain. If our response is to reason it out, I believe we're we're, we're running from God. I reckon that could be coming from a heart of a fearful response to God. Or when you do sin, is your response to run to? your loving God, and say, oh, man, help me, Jesus. I, I need to bring this to the cross. Then I think maybe we're on the right track there. Can I tell you a secret? I, this is my struggle back and forth with this one. I'm not pretending that, I've, that I'm over here going, hey, full trust over here. Look at your pastor. He is brilliant. No, it's still a struggle for me to bring everything to the cross, to bring everything to Jesus. It's an amazing verse in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. It says this, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. What a revelation maybe this morning it is for you to go, You know what? When I stuff up and when I find myself in times of difficulty and times of fear and times of anxiety instead of uh, kind of reasoning my life away or saying, oh, you know, I don't wanna, don't wanna take this to God because it's make to make one more time that I've stuffed up. Instead, to open your life to Him and go, I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna obey, and you walk towards Him rather than away from Him. When it comes to obedience, relationship trumps fear. You say that again, relationship trumps fear. Which is why, let me tell you, in a classroom, the best teachers don't need a system of fear. Because they know their students. I knew teachers who didn't use a system like this because all it took from them was a look and behavior settled. All it took from them was a change in their tone of voice and behavior settled because they had relationship and because the students knew, get this, the students knew. They could trust their teacher. Can you trust Jesus? Are you coming from a place of trustful obedience? When you read his word and say, yeah, I will. It doesn't look like it makes sense, but I will obey. I will trust. I will obey. And you start walking towards him. That's what it's all about. The game changes when we shift things from from fear to trust. It's kind of like a two-step process. It's like two hits. I I was always short. So I would always look at big, tall guys and if they got aggressive to me, I'd be like, bro, don't even fight me. There'll be two hits. You hitting me and me hitting the floor. It, (laughs) It won't be worth it. But this is the same process with a very different result. It's two steps. It's a trusting. And then it's an obeying. And then it's seeing that God's plan for me is good. And then it's trusting and obeying. You might get hit by the enemy and you're like, oh, you staggered back. And you're like, no, I'm gonna keep going forward. I'm gonna keep trusting. I'm gonna keep obeying. It's like Pastor Scott said before, when some of us have been waiting for years for a dream in our hearts to come up, Come on, is there an amen? Yeah. And yet it's taken years and you're over here going, where, where is it? And God's just saying, take another step. Yeah. Take another step. Don't stop because we tend to stop. We tend to go, oh, the dream's gone. But it's still there. Keep trusting. Keep taking a step of obedience. Keep trusting. Keep taking a step of obedience. That is the way to do it. Fear will stop you in your tracks. That's why we call it walking with Jesus. Because it's step by step by step. Don't let fear stop you from walking with the Lord. How do we do this? How do we walk? How do we trust? How do we move from fear into trust? Number one is we trust. Sounds weird, right? Why is he saying trust? How do you know you can trust someone? Most of the time you don't. You have to trust them. Then you might discover that this Jesus is trustworthy. You might discover that the things that this Jesus calls us to be obedient in is for our good. That his will, his way, and his word is like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path that takes me forward in him. Can I encourage you today? What's your next step? He's calling you to obedience. He's calling you to obedience, not as a fearful dictator, but as a loving heavenly father who is perfect and has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. Trust me, I turned 47 in November, and I've lived a lot of my life following and obeying and not always getting it right, sometimes hitting over here, sometimes hitting, and then going, hey, look, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, hitting over here, hitting over here. Hey, going past the life north. What? Oh, yes, Okay. Cool, I'll trust and I'll obey. And oh, I'm living in Marangi Bay and it's beautiful. I'm gonna stay, it's good. I'm gonna live over here and I'm gonna lead and I'm gonna do what you want me to do. And I've discovered that as I've stepped forward by trust and by obedience, I've found the goodness of God in the land of the living, amen? Come on. Yeah, let's go. I stand up here not as a not as a pastor telling you what to do and that I've done everything right, but as a pastor saying, I'm oh, maybe a little bit further down the journey and I've stuffed up and all the rest of it, but I know who God is and I know who He is and I know He's good and I can walk in trust and obedience towards Him. Will you do the same with me? We trust. Number two, we submit. It means a giving over of authority. Some of us have clung on so tight to control in our lives that, that we don't know how to give it up and maybe we can't give it up because fear exists where trust should we trust we submit and we walk i've walked up and down here a lot just why are you getting it it's why we call it walking with the lord it's why we call it following jesus it's why pastor lucas said this year will be a year where we say jesus says come follow me and we say yes i will obey not only that, but on the other side, this, years ago we had this great series at church and Pastor B. Dujari, he went down to Queenstown and he did a bungee jump, which was his fear, his fear of heights. But he said something. He said, on the other side of my obedience is someone else's breakthrough. And as we trust and obey, trust and obey because there's no Other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. We start looking at other people in our lives and going, hey, come, come along, come follow me as I follow Christ. It is good. Ah, it's so good. Kind of reminds me a little bit of this amazing psalm, and it's Psalm 139 and verses 23 and 24 say this Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Do you know where anxiety comes from? From fear. And this is King David writing these words. Trustful words. To open his life and say, God, search me because you're trustworthy. Would you know my fear? Would you know that I'm afraid, desperately afraid at times? 24, verse 24 says, See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, King David says, lead me in this Psalm, but he also says, lead me in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. See, we have a good shepherd. He is worthy of our trust. He is trustworthy to follow. Not out of fear. But out of trust. In John 10, Jesus talks about Himself. I believe in response to Psalm 23, which was written hundreds of years before. And He rounds it off and He says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know My voice. I am the good shepherd. John 10, 14 says, I know My sheep and they know Me. Do you know He is trustworthy this morning? Do you know He is good? Do you know He has amazing things for your life? If you would just choose to trust and obey. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I want to encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland, or Todonga, or why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit lifenz.org.